welcome to Exotic Liability. We're back for our sixth show. Woo! <laughs> so here today we've got me, Ms. Jackalope, and Mr. Chris Nickerson. Hello. We've got crazy stuff to talk about. And Mr. Ryan Jones is not with us because he is currently at uh, CCDC, the Cyber Collegiate Defense Competition. Uh, so we're going to be checking him with him a little bit later. Uh, but for now, uh, we're going to try and talk a little bit about uh, hacker spaces and a few other things. So we've got uh, Nick Farr that we're going to call here in hopefully a second and got Skype going. Um, apparently, he's at the Bronx Zoo right now. So just see what, a, <laughs> what he says. He said he'd be calling us from Tiger Mountain or something. Nice. Not quite sure. Seeing what he's doing. Hopefully he's not being eaten by some like tiger or polar bear. I want to see the tigers up close. Closer. One want... more exotic liability. <laughs> I want to smell them. This is Nick Farr. Hey, this is Miss Jackalope and Chris Nickerson calling you. Hey, dude. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Nothing. We're just sitting here babbling back and forth, trying to wake up with whiskey and profanity. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, how, how how loaded are you guys right now? Uh, uh, I'm I'm still well within my first drink of the day. So, uh, and it, oh, okay. So you're not quite ready to be thrown into the uh, tiger cage so that they can be enriched upon uh, your corpus. Dude, come on! I'm tiger team. They'd be like, "Rah, he's part of us. Let's go get stuff." <laughs> oh, no, no. That's a horrible pun. <laughs> that is what you should take. Yeah, that's what everybody should do. You know, when you join our tiger team, we actually take you to the Bronx Zoo for tiger enrichment. <laughs> yeah, we, we we make you part of the clan. Here, pet pet the tiger. <laughs> Exactly. It's fun. <laughs> like, this is your first test. Survive, Tiger and Richard. Oh, man, we lose so many good security professionals that way. You know, it's uh, it's just uh, it's it's part of the trade. You know, that that's why we went with the whole exotic liability thing, because, like, it's really pretty to have us, but at the end of the day, it kind of is a liability. <laughs> it's like yeah, having a big tiger, totally. you know? <laughs> yeah, uh -oh. exactly. So, so right what's on, going right on? on? Right on, We're going to talk to you about like hackerspaces and let us um, see if you'll tell us about Hack DC and hackers on a plane. Oh, awesome. Well, actually, um, it's funny that you guys called me today. Today, um, an article about Hack DC, our very first in the Washington Post, which is like the, the daily of record in Washington, D.C., nice. um, by Mike Musgrove, just went, I mean, it was supposed to be coming out in tomorrow's paper, but it went up online today. And so I've been, you know, just after the Wired article um, of Dylan Sweeney's that came out, I think, two weeks ago, and then that's how the Washington Post got in touch with us, and we had that article. I've been, like, talking to a lot of media over the past couple of days. Um, this is the first time I've done an interview from the Bronx Zoo, um, <laughs> because it turns out I'm probably going to be moving to New York um, uh, come August. Really? But, yeah, no, hackerspaces, it's, it's funny you know, I, just how much they've exploded since the hackers on a plane trip that we took almost two years ago right now. And I hope you guys don't mind, um, but the sort of insider pre-sale for hackers on a plane to ended actually uh, yesterday, the last ticket was bought. And on Monday, you guys are the first, this is the first time I've like widely announced this to the general public, the official sale of hackers on a plane to the second installment in the trip that launched the hackerspace movement in North America is going to go up on sale on Monday at noon for the same price that we did it last time, $1,337. Awesome. Very cool. Very, so, very so cool. So you guys are the very first. 
How, at how do noon, we... the media blitz starts. What, uh, what is a website for Go ahead, that? Karen. What is a website oh, for Oh, hackersonaplane.info. Hackers okay. Well, we're going to be putting it out everywhere we possibly can. Um, so you, awesome, awesome. I, we're going to do the best we can to try and DOS the service that accepts all the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's through PayPal. You might end up DOSing. Our, I hope you DOS our website before PayPal goes down, but I don't know. These days, you never know what's been going on. I mean, it's a miracle that I'm making it through to you guys on AT&T in New York right now. I don't know what's, what's going on with our network up here, but between that and Twitter and, you know, <laughs> Gmail, everything is just going down. Like, I don't know what's going on. They just... They just don't want to know attacker spaces. That's what it is. We're bringing down the global <laughs> telecommunications infrastructure. It's, it's blame us. It's been bad here lately. I mean, the the T-Mobile 3G network was down for two and a half days. And when you called in, they would just kind of go, uh, yeah, try resetting your phone, which is just, just you know, stupid half-ass way to get you off of the call with them. And uh, Right. It's it, like then they nobody find, here has seen the IT crowd. Yeah, exactly. Did you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they've got that on Netflix now, which if, if anybody has, like, an Xbox or uses Netflix or whatever, the, the IT crowd, the first season is all on Netflix on demand now. So you can, like, watch it on your computer or your TV and shit. It's, yeah. it's really th – that's such a right. great show. <laughs> um, so what else is yeah. going on in, in D.C.? Tell us, tell us more about some of the stuff that you're doing. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Hack DC. It's, you know, obviously the article, it's an exciting time for us because of that. Um, one of the big things that just happened, like, just to start from the beginning, like almost a year ago, it was just a group of people, you know, it was me, Q, a couple guys from Make DC, and we, we all just were like, look, we need to make this thing happen in DC. NYC Resistor just started, they just found a space, and we were like, look, we need to make this happen. So we started going around and looking for various different spaces, and we ended up finding... And we ended up finding a uh, really awesome space in a church, of all things, that leases out part of their um, space to other various different community organizations. We looked at the rent. We looked at what, you know, the terms and conditions, what they wanted for insurance. We were like, we can totally do this within our budget. So the six original members um, threw down, signed the lease, got the security deposit, got the insurance, got everything going, and just put it out there into the community. We networked heavily with Dorkbot DC, with the burners that were in DC, um, nice. Through Make NYC and all of these other groups and associations, we just said, hey, look, we found a space. It's empty. We don't have any tools. We don't have any parts. This Saturday, throwing a big party, bring down, like, tools, equipment, technology, donations, all this other stuff. And, like, within a day, we had a lab full of tools and equipment. Not all stuff we could use, but stuff we could trade for. And everything was going really great. We got 40 members out of it. They all signed oh, up wow. to pay dues. And we just started going. Members took off. We started Microcontroller Mondays where people come down to their microcontroller projects, Arduino, AVR pick, everything like that. So, Anything so that makes, you know, little blinky lights. Um, on Tuesdays, we have a regular member meeting and uh, a seminar series afterwards um, where people come in, they show off their projects, they say what kinds of things they want to do. One of our neighbors is with the Prometheus Radio Project, which is trying to bring low-power FM to everybody in the country, trying to get the laws and regulations set Nice. with the FCC, so people can do their own low-power FM. Um, is that quite qualified as pirate? Whoa, am I going too far here? No, no, it's, it's good. She was, she was saying, is it qualified as pirate? But you're talking about low-power FM, not high-power FM. Yeah, no, low-power FM. And these guys are actually trying to, to, to bring it back. They're nice. trying to, you know, hopefully this administration will be a lot more receptive to people broadcasting in between major radio stations without interference. The transmitter technology is so good right now. 
that there's no realistic way that um, big commercial radio can say that we're realistically interfering with their signal. Right. You know, guys that are broadcasting anywhere between, you know, 2 and 10 watts um, yeah. in their local area without a super big antenna. They just want to have a radio station to communicate with the people that are in their neighborhood, bring yeah. community together, get people going, play music, um, and just build community through low-power radio. Yep. You know, it's the simplest way to reach the people that are in your neighborhood and in your audience. It's especially important in communities and things like that that are going on up here in New York. Um, and we're very fortunate to have them as our neighbors, and we're very fortunate to lend them technical expertise. That's, that's really the cool thing about having hackerspaces. It's a physical space where you can come in, meet people, have tools and equipment, and just hang out. You know, we have a Twitter feed which sends out a message over Twitter to HackDC Doorman every time somebody enters the space and says, um, you know, hey, the Hack DC is now open. And people who are members, people who are members, just come down and hang out. That's Everybody awesome. knows it's a common shared space. Because, you know, I mean, it's a little bit different. You don't want to open up your basement lab to all sorts of strangers in the public. Right. At the same time, when you're ultimately responsible for your basement lab, you can't manage everything. That's the cool part about having 40 members who are all paying the same amount per month, have the same investment in the space, and who are all watching out for each other's stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not just one person, it's 40 people who are all looking out for each other. And the same sort of thing is happening everywhere. It's happening in San Francisco, Noisebridge, Hack DC in DC, Hackery in Philly, NYC Resistor in New York City. And there's tons of spaces opening. I should mention the CCCKC, of course, Juris yep. and his crew, who are really doing a phenomenal job. Like, if you want to really see some cutting-edge stuff that hackerspaces are doing, definitely check out TCCKC. Yep. Um, well, you know, that's, that's kind of where I came from before they started that space. I was in KC for a while, and I knew a lot of those guys. Um, yeah, the, and, it and you know, they don't have any distractions. They're fully invested in their space. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I, I so I have some general listener questions uh, that that I'd, I'd yeah, love to ahead. fill in. So one, um, the Twitter feeds that you guys use if people are in the DC area and want to get hooked up. Uh, with, um, who do they add? Hack DC is our main. Hack DC is our main Twitter. The best way to get a hold of us is over email info i n f o at hackdc h a c d c dot o r g. Okay. Our main Twitter, which uh, syndicates our website and does other things, is just hackdc h a c d c. Uh, the Twitter, which tells you whether or not hackdc is open or closed, is hackdc doorman h a c d c d o o r m a n all one word, cool. obviously. And if you look at that Twitter feed, it'll let you know whether we're open or closed. Um, so and and so. And, you is- know, I was going to say, as far as those, what what are average, you know, what are the membership dues like? So if people want to get involved and, and start getting in with you guys, you know, what, what, what does that cost? What, what do the averages look like? Um, well, it's $50 a month to get involved. And if you can't afford that right now but have a lot of time in your hands, we're totally willing to make, you know, some kind of dealer arrangements where you do a certain amount of work. Um, it's all subject to member review. We meet um, one Tuesday every month and basically decide a lot of these issues. If you want to be a member, just come on down to one of our meetings, say, hi, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I do, this is what I'm interested in, pay your 50 bucks and you're in. No approval process or membership vetting, like, if you're cool and you want to help out and you're down for 50 bucks a month, you're a member. That's it. Very cool. What's the next con that you're going to be at? Um, The next con, that's a good question. (laughs) The The next next con I'm going to be at is probably 
big int in Cologne, um, which is, the, I think, the third weekend in May. In May. And that's being put on by um, the CCC, by Chaos Communications Club, uh, people in Germany, uh, namely the people down at the C4. I'm actually speaking at another conference on DIY culture in the weekend before that. And then after that, I'll be in Berlin for PH Neutral and hardhack.org. Uh, the next U.S. con I'm going to be at, uh, probably NeighborCon um, in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is going to be really awesome. It's the first one this year. It's pretty much run by all hackerspace people, and a lot of the people that are going to go to NeighborCon are going to be at PlumberCon in Vienna, which is the weekend before HAR, uh, which is in uh, the Netherlands, which is the camp. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know that every two years the Europeans get together and throw like a gigantic hacker camp. And that's, of course, what, where Hackers on a Plane comes in. We're trying to make it affordable for people to go over there, you know, have their beds and all that other stuff taken care of so they don't have to pitch a tent, do anything like that, get a flight where we do all sorts of crazy stuff. Like last year on the flight, we had our own wireless, we had our own IRC server, we had our own everything except an uplink to the Internet because the plane decided to fly over Greenland instead of the standard, you know, <laughs> Atlantic route over New Zealand. <laughs> Sadly enough, because we were coming out of Vegas, and by the time we got everything up, we were already off, like, any chance of getting any kind of terrestrial downlink. But, you know, this year, I trust that the participants and those that are um, working in Hackers on a Plane are going to get it together. And really, the whole point behind Hackers on a Plane is to sort of encourage the kind of self-organizing and independent initiative that you see in hackerspaces. Yeah. All the hackerspaces I know of are what we call duocracies. And you can talk and talk and talk all you want, but the person who actually does it, who implements the solution first, is the person that wins. You know, we're, we're tired of talk, talk, talk. It's, it's more about do. If you don't like the solution, well, go back and change it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't like the way the guy built the shelf and you want to pull everything off the shelf, reassemble it the way that yeah. you think is correct, yeah, fix it. do it. <laughs> right, right. You know, and that's the thing. The, the minute that you say, okay, we'll change it, that's when you get people to stop talking and start actually doing Nice. So, you know, I, I have... Uh, and that's, that's, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I have another question about some of the hackerspaces. Um, have you guys started to look at trying to register it as non-for-profit? We are. We're actually in the process of... We organized it as a not-for-profit corporation, right. which is what you need to do at the state level. I mean, we're obviously in the District of Columbia, which is not a state, but for all intents and purposes, it functions like a state. Yep. And so we registered as a nonprofit corporation and put language in our Articles of Incorporation um, to make it so that we go directly through the 501c3 process. There's also an expedited review process. If you can actually give them real numbers of, what, of how you've been making money and where you've been spending money to demonstrate that you're actually operating as, as an exempt organization, you can get fast track approved, which is what we're in the process of doing nice. right now um, at HackDC. Other organizations will file for 501c3 as soon as they get their articles of Incorp. That's what Pumping Station 1 in Chicago is doing, and that's what a couple of other hackerspaces in the country are doing. Um, and I strongly believe in the not-for-profit model. There are advantages and disadvantages to it. If you really don't like paperwork and you know you're going to be basically breaking even, you can do what NYC Resistor did and just file for an LLC right. in whatever state is easiest for you. That's, um, that's really cool. Well, I mean, we're more focused on... Uh, can you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. The herons in the background? That's awesome. Yeah, I, I told you I was calling you from the zoo. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. we got a whole bunch of people here celebrating um, 
It's actually Max Whitney, who's a member of NYC Resistor, chartered a 49-person bus <laughs> from NYC Resistor, from the hack space, all the way up to the Bronx Zoo for, That's like, awesome. 30 people. And we all just took the bus up. Um, Nick Bilton, who's a member of NYC Resistor, uh, who works um, in the Interactive Technologies Lab at the New York Times, was handing it up on the microphone, telling jokes, and the bus <laughs> got a little lost, and we all pulled out our iPhones, and... Eventually, the bus got to the zoo. They just did tiger enrichment. We had birthday cakes over the benches. And, you know, that's, that's actually a really another cool point to emphasize about hackerspace is that logics with people, once you start seeing what people's expertise base is and know that this person from the hack space that you met knows a lot about something and you go out and reach out to them for advice and they invite you out for a drink or they say, hey, let's all go out for pizza after the Tuesday meeting, Eventually, you become friends with really cool fellow hackers who are into yeah. a lot of different stuff, who you learn a lot from and have the opportunity to teach a lot to. Yeah. You know, anybody, I think anybody who calls himself a hacker has to have some specific sort of area and passionate, uh, or, you know, really passionate about some base of knowledge that they can share with other people. And a hackerspace is a perfect way to get a big group of those people who know a little bit about everything together and make really awesome stuff and help a lot of people out. Like, a lot of really cool projects have come out of random side conversations that have happened at a hackerspace. We've got one other random question for you. Did Go you, for it. Do you, did you find anything else about the, uh, the Hack DC social engineering game in the past week? The Survive um, DC. Survive DC. Well, it's actually, not, it's actually not being run by Hack DC. Okay. There are a couple of Hack DC right. members that are involved in it. And really, I mean, all, it's, it's kind of like a more sophisticated game of Assassins. Yep. Where, but unlike, I mean, a lot of you might have played Assassins on a college campus where you have a website, everybody's picture is up, and then there are certain ground rules, like, um, you know, if there's police activity in the area, obviously you can't do anything. You can't shoot somebody in class. You can't shoot them in their dorm room. Um, you can't shoot them in certain common areas, but aside from that, anything is fair game. Yep. And the first time I actually played this at the University of Michigan, what we had, and this is kind of on the, I guess I can talk about this now, but we had actually um, a screen session which stayed active on the login servers, and every so often would just finger people. Because at that time, to check, for people to check their email, they actually had to log in to a pool of Sys5 login servers. And every time that we got a hit on one of the people who were involved in the game, since we had, you know, obviously everybody's username. So you go whack them in the lab. Picture, <laughs> We would go whack them in the computer lab. Yep. We would know exactly where they were at. We would have people who were, like, stationed very near clusters of computer labs and say, oh, he's at the Dyad lab. Go get him. And then, you know, it, I think one guy even had in our team had them on their pager. I was the worst. I had, like, I think at the end of the game I had something like 16 confirmed kills, <laughs> um, which is only because I had the most free time when people were checking their email. And it turns out that that was twice as many kills as the next, as the second oh, place team as the team awesome. put together. That's great. They just totally pawned that game. So what we're, what's happening in D.C. right now is sort of a modified version of that, um, which is much more time-specific, where you actually have an objective. Um, I'm trying to see. I don't want to give away too much of it because I don't know what's like out there. Oh, yeah. cool. I, I'm, I'm kind of out of it. Like I said, I'm moving to New York. I'm not actually taking part in this round. Are you going to be so around? Don't give away too much. Are you going to be around huh? during that time? I don't know because actually, I'm in May. I'm actually going to be out 
uh, for actually most of May speaking at those three conferences that I told you about in Germany. Cool, because I... And also laying down the groundwork for Hackers on a Plane. Are yeah. you going to be in D.C.? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about coming out. Um, actually, when you guys opened the hackerspace in D.C., uh, I sent mm-hmm. some of my friends down there, so you may have met, like, Joe Sandor. Um, who works. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Yeah, so I sent Joe there the first day it opened uh, for the little opening party gig because I knew a couple yeah. other people who were down there. And uh, wow. and Joe said he met a bunch of the guys there. And uh, we were talking about putting together a Survive DC team just because we're all fun at being sneaky and I have grappling hooks and shit. And yeah. we, we can traverse over the top of buildings. Because grappling <laughs> hooks make you sneaky. <laughs> And you know the best part about it is when you actually get clearance from a lot of these places to go ahead and do that. Oh, yeah. And that they know what's going on and they're totally in on it. Like, <clears> that's awesome, I think. And and, and, and then the places like, they're totally, that's another thing about hackerspaces in general. People are afraid to ask. Like, if you actually reach out to people and just say, and just be totally straight up with them and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Um, we thought your building's really cool. We'd like your help. And they're like, yeah, sure. We had Rossi guys that did that like two years ago. Just, yeah. you know. Well, no and for for anyone who's listening, you know, I, my biggest encouragement to any of the spaces, whether you're starting one or whether you're thinking about going to one, is that you don't have to be uber hacker. You don't even have to know anything. I mean, you really, you don't even have to be in the trade. These are the type of people that are are down to make a community that shares knowledge. And they're they're not the standoffish you know geeks that you look at and you know they're hoarding all of their technology and hiding it from everyone else. I mean these are the people who, who you know put it out Absolutely in the open not. and uh, and so any any friends that I've ever sent to any of those spaces it, it's always kind of a, a familiar home base and and it's always somewhere mm-hmm. that anytime in any of the cities that I go to I can reach out to some of those communities if I don't know anyone and it may just be pound the list to see if anyone wants to go for a drink and talk and most of the time I get responses back from people on those lists faster than I do in other lists so uh, it's it's a real good group of people and and I encourage damn near anyone who's listening to get involved in some way, whether it's go down to say hi, whether it's make a social function and get people together, or start one in your town. And you know, it's an awesome, awesome way to get to know people in a given area. Like, everybody comes to D.C. every so often. Everybody comes to New York City, yeah. you know, at least once. And, you know, you're absolutely right. It's a great way. And you make friends with those people. You remember them. Like, just like we all love going to cons, we all love seeing the same people, you know, at the same cons every year every you know every time they happen at every point in the year it's like we catch up with these people once or twice a year this is an opportunity for you to meet all of the friends of those people wherever you're at and you're, you're totally right this is a pla- these are places where people who are really interested in learning but don't really know the first step or a little timid like everybody's had one person who just showed them a little bit of knowledge who gave them enough to open the door for them to explore it themselves that's exactly that's that is what hackerspaces do Cool. There are and then, tons of people who got yeah. Go ahead. If if there's people that don't know of ones in their town or don't have them in their town, where should they start and who should they talk to about starting one? The best place to start is hackerspaces.org. We just jump on the email lists that are on hackerspaces.org. Start, you know, just email out to those lists like saying, "Hi, you know, I'm in Random City, Utah, and I would like to start a hackerspace. Is there anybody out here?" Odds are you'll get three or four responses of people who, if, they, if they're not nearby, they're close enough that you can network with them. And then it's just a matter of going to the tech events that are in your area. Hack DC's backbone is Dorkbot DC, which happens once a month. Um, speakers from, like, technology and art. 
And that's where we found most of our core members. Cool. And it's from those lists, encourage people to cross-post to other local lists. Burners are really great places to find people who want to start hackerspaces. Dorkbot, make groups, craft groups, um, security groups. You know, put it out there saying like, hey, we're starting a hackerspace just like HackDC or NYC Resistor, CCKC or Public Station 1 in our city. Another cool thing is to reach out to other areas that are local to you. I know Eric out of Pumping Station 1. If you're anywhere yeah. in the Midwest, if you're five hours from Chicago, he will totally drive down and throw a big public event for you. I know Juris is down in Kansas City, too. Yep. And just join the community and go to cons. Find people who know people who live in that area. Everybody wants to look everybody up in this scene. That's what's so great about it. Oh, I'm, I'm, And odds are... Wherever you live, you'll find somebody that's already trying to start a hack space near you. Actually, I want to try to get Jurist on here pretty soon in the next probably week or two. So that'll be nice to talk to oh. him. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, no, we'll, I'd love we'll, to come down and actually talk to you guys. Oh, any anytime. You're always welcome. I mean, hell, even if you, you need a place to stay or whatever else, there's, there's lots of rooms that we have. So anytime you want to come this way, just holler at us. I will definitely make that a priority. All right, boss. Well, we'll let you get back to fighting tigers and riding emus and stuff like that, and uh, and, and and getting your hackspace warrior on at the zoo. <laughs> awesome. at the zoo. Dude, thank, thank you so much for the opportunity to interview with the guys. Oh hell, thank you Thanks. so much for for coming on and educating us and some of the people about what's up, and and we'll do everything that we can to grow it farther and farther. Quick, awesome. And if anybody has any questions, either you or our listeners, feel free to email me. It's just Nick Far N I C K. F-A-R-R at HackDC, H-A-C-D-C dot org. Right on. All right, thanks, okay, brother. Okay, talk to you guys soon. Take care. You. Thank you, Nick. Ciao. Bye. So, yeah, yeah that was Nick Farr. He does a, one of, he's actually one of the, the found, co-founders, co-founders of the Hacker Foundation, too. And I guess the website is HackerFoundation.org as well. Um, there's also a hacker space, apparently in Denver, that uh, Ryan Jones told me about. Um, they're meeting at Netherworld at, I think he said it was Tuesdays. So, not too sure about them exactly. Maybe Chris knows more. Huh. I, no, I, uh, yet again, more stuff I have no idea about. So, they're using <laughs> Netherworld as, uh, I guess, their home base. Cafe Netherworld, if you're in Denver, is on 13th and Pennsylvania. It's the divey little place right on the corner, uh, uh, like directly on Pennsylvania. Uh, but and then also we also have a couple other events that we we kind of cater and go on there. The first Thursday of every month we have a lock sport group uh, that meets there to teach people as much as we can about physical security, about lock picking, you know, uh, avoidance, different types of techniques, tools. Uh, we have people who come and do kind of seminars on different types of tricks. Uh, on Fridays, we usually have a meet just about every Friday uh, where all of us get together and drink and pretend we know about security. By all means, uh, <laughs> yeah, come, come down, show up, say hi, high-five somebody, talk shit, um, you know, swear, defamate us, tell us that our CISSPs don't mean anything, whatever. I mean, it, it's a it, – again, most of the people – who are in this community, uh, we, I think that in general we've kind of gotten a bad rap of, uh, of being in that space and in the way that it's like, you know, n- no one should touch them, you can't talk to them, they're kind of uber nerds who are real jerks and stuff like that. And I, I think that that's the total opposite of most of the, the crews and scene that I know. Uh, most of the people that we talk to, I mean, it's you could go up to them in public at random when they're 
with their kids and they're going to be the nicest happiest people to share with you and tell you where you can go and talk and but the the uber nerd part might might still be true yeah yeah i mean they may not always talk in full english in the way that you're used to um but at the same time i mean please don't don't ever hesitate talking to anybody in these communities because frankly the the people in the community who want to talk down and who want to continue that kind of bad rap of not sharing knowledge are the people that probably aren't smart enough to be in the community anyway and and the only reason that they're doing that is trying to distance themselves and make themselves look important but i can tell you right now that any of the people that i know in this community you know much much just like you know when karen just brought nick on they're they're in that same vein uh, I mean, we're here to share the knowledge of what we do and how we do it. And any of the people that are real good in a specific niche of, of hacking or testing or talking or business or anything else, um, you know, they're all about open knowledge. Um, you know, so, so really reach out there. If you have questions, you can send them to us. We can try and forward you on to the right people. Uh, also look, you know, websites like ethicalhacker.net are a great place, great learning communities to kind of get started if, if you don't have any experience in security and you're trying to get there, or you know maybe you have a ton of experience in security and you're trying to make a particular exploit work. You know, it, all across the board, there's a couple forums within EHNet, you know, and, and as well as some of the connections that we have here at the show uh, that, that you know, forward stuff to us, use our blog, use our posts, open up notes on that, or, or go over to ethicalhacker.net and you'll be able to find wealths of resources that are really untapped. Um, so that's, that's, that's my rant about, uh, you know, people kind of avoiding us when they shouldn't be. That actually kind of goes back to this, uh, basically, if you've been to DEF CON, and if you've been to DEF CON in the earlier years where we were at the Alexis Park, where it was all swimming pools around there, um, your best bet was to hang out at the pool, buy your friend a drink. And, and watch Shipley get thrown in. And watch Shipley get thrown in. What? <laughs> So, but your best bet was to hang out at the pool and talk to your friends and talk to new friends and exchange information. And uh, basically, since Defcon has moved to the Riviera, we've lost that time, and we're trying to make it back so we can all basically start communicating again. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really an open and sharing community, um, you know. And I, I think to the to the open and sharing of that, um, and and it's not on topic, but kind of close. Uh, we were we were all sending around some some links this week. On a million different things, you know. If you if you log on and you join us on Twitter uh, at Exotic Liability, just all one word, uh, or if you join any of our individual and personal accounts that you find on there, find them on your own. It's not hard. Um, you know, you can you can go through and see a lot of the links that get posted. Um, and and one of the things we were talking about this week is the categorization of a lot of pen testers. So oftentimes, you know, we had we had Val on the show, and they they called Val in an article a reformed hacker, and and they they also did the same thing to Russ Rogers, except they called him Ross, uh, which I don't know if you know if any of you know him or not, or you know Ross, aka Russ, if you're listening. Um, you know, they, they they did the same thing to him. They said that he was a, a reformed cyber criminal or something of that nature. Is that like being a reformed alcoholic? Yeah, it's it's the old Mitch Hedberg. Like I didn't mean to I do used it. to drink, I still drink, but I used to also. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, so so people have been putting these kind of classifications and categorizations on on a lot of people in the pen testing community, and I think that those general stereotypes. Are, are actually starting to become more and more prevalent. I mean, the word hacker isn't 
anything to do about what we do today. I mean, the word hacker stems from, you know, people in the mainframe world who are able to make software programs do stuff that nobody had anything written for. Um, you know, these people were serious mainframe ninjas, and yeah, they hacked stuff together to make it work. I mean, that was their function was making things operational, not breaking or bad, and it didn't have any of those bad connotations. So it's Making stuff operational, that making stuff do things that it wasn't originally intended to do. Yeah, or or there was it, it didn't have a function to do it, and they would just randomly make it, you know. Um, so, you know, on that same line, the EFF was talking about some of those general stereotypes this week. So uh, one of the things that was really funny was Boston College issued this campus police memo. And on the campus police memo, it said that using prompt commands may be a sign of criminal activity. So think, think about that, right? Like, because I have CMD, run, hit enter, open a command shell in Windows, most likely, based on the campus police assessment, you are hacksawing something. Yeah, we can hear you laughing from here. That's Good. ridiculous. I mean, that's straight up ridiculous. And God love a duck, I hope to hell... That Boston, I'm I'm going to do everything I can this week to get this podcast in front of Boston College because I want them to hear how absolutely stupid I think they are. That's ridiculous. I mean, seriously, I, I don't I don't ever want to see anything like this again. And I can guarantee we're going to. It's gonna it, there's going to be a ton of it, you know. And 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 they went as far as warranting, right, and actually getting a warrant for someone who was told and seen using a command shell, doing testing and or fixing for other students, and being able to use two operating systems to hide his illegal activities. If that isn't the most just <laughs> ignorant, warrant BS I've ever seen in my entire life, I, I don't know what is. I mean, I, I'm so glad that EFF gets involved in stuff like this because they can really bring out how absolutely ignorant and stupid some of these claims are. But remember, as a final sign-out for this week... If you use a command shell, you're a hacker. That being said, I, I think we've bitched and moaned enough for today. Uh, everybody else who wants to hear us swear and rank on everyone else's job and be angry at us, feel free to call in. We will continue. Bye, guys. Later. Later.